Welcome to Voice Imprint. My name is Joy Kitanga, and and you're gonna hear this introduction twice because this message that you are about to hear is recorded in two different, maybe three. I don't know yet. It is so good that I have to give you in separate art. It's going to be probably three parts. So I want you to take your pen, your papers, as usual, the way we do it here, a voice imprint and dive in. I want to ask you to take this message that you are about to hear a testimony, such a powerful testimony that I have not been able to stop listening and, and reflecting on the goodness of God, the power of God through suffering. Do you remember that video, the, the audio that I recorded earlier on about what does it mean to suffer as a Christian? Well, if you have not listened to that one, I ask you to go ahead and listen to that episode before you listen to this one, because that message was inspired by Brother Troy, whose testimony you are about to hear. So go ahead, go re-listen what it means to suffer for Christ, and then come back to this episode to listen and get the connection. After you have listened, do me a favor, share it because not only that we are in the holiday season, but we are about to enter a new year and there are those who need to know that God is with them. God is with them in their suffering. God is with them in the pain. God is with them in the good days. God is with them throughout their days. So sit tight, hang in there with me because this is so good. You're not going to want to let it go. But I promise you, this is only part one of the series of what you're going to hear through this powerful testimony. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good day, happy Friday, happy Monday, happy Kwanzaa, happy whatever you are celebrating. This is the day that the Lord has made. Did I say this is the day? Yes. My name is Joy Kitanga Dash Devil. And you know, Dash is not my last name because I just get to have fun and get to bother my husband. Here at Voice Imprint, I want to welcome you. We want to ignite your faith, strengthen your prayer life, deepen your love for God. We want you to walk, all of us, Christian women and men, to walk with confidence that the Lord has given us and develop an indomitable spirit. So get your paper, get your pen, get your Bible, because I got a special guest here today. No, you're going to love it. So buckle up with that belt of truth and let's go. 
Welcome, my dear friends. Welcome. This is the day that the Lord has made. Listen, the privilege that I have every single time that I do this on voice imprint or serving God anywhere is get to meet the people of God, people who have been touched by God, people who have seen the face of God. Yes, I did say the face of God. People who've read the scripture and just experienced the scripture in such a magnificent way that not only it transformed their lives, but also scripture becomes so alive in them. Let me tell you, when faith is being tested, shattered, or even to say specifically, when God said, Satan, have you seen my servant, Job? <laughs> there is none like him. Or when he calls your name in Haraboshikata, yes, Lord, when he calls your name out in the counsel of all the heavenly being. It is not because you are in trouble, but because he wants to demonstrate his magnificent power, his authority, his gift, his, his, his creativity. And today's story and testimony that you're about to hear on this conversation moment is, is exactly of that story in my humble opinion. And I still believe this book is yet to come. Brother Troy is not just our faithful listener that I get to meet from our church, but it also has a powerful testimony. I want to welcome you, Brother Troy, on Voice Imprint. He's the one I do greet every now and then when you hear me shouting to shout out, give a shout out to Brother Troy. He is now you get to hear. That's why I want to encourage you to send us your your email, send us an email, say, what do you like? What would you like to hear? Because maybe your testimony will be next that we're going to be sharing on this platform. So I thank you, brother Troy, for, for challenging me the first time you said, well, I would like you to speak about the what, what does it mean to suffer as a Christian? And yes. then I did that episode. So if you guys have not checked it out, go check it out that episode on what it means to suffer as a Christian. And by the way, it was one of the topest, top listened episode, top listened episode, what it means to suffer as a Christian. So go listen and, and hear what the Lord revealed that day. So I want to welcome you, Brother Troy, and thank you for saying yes to come up here and share your testimony and just your love for God. Um, welcome. I don't know if you like to just take a minute and just introduce who's Brother Troy. All right. Well, Joy, thank you so much. Um, your platform is just amazing. Um, I listen to it when I'm at the gym early in the morning, 4 35 o'clock, and it's just so encouraging, inspirational. Um, I actually started um, listening to Ibrahim's podcast and then he mentioned in in the podcast i listened to of his he mentioned that you had one so right after that i started listening to yours and i haven't listened to ibrahim's again <laughs> and no offense to him i love him he's such a dear brother to me 
And I am in trouble for that. Every day he reminds uh, me. I can't believe all my people are leaving <laughs> to go listen to your podcast. And Abraham, for those who are listening the first time, that's my lovely, darling husband. <laughs> so, uh, yes. 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 So God <laughs> yes. is blessing you, so he is blessing him for sure. But um, I just want to thank you so much for this platform. Um, it has truly been a blessing to me. I've shared it with my wife and, and, and my family. And... um yeah, it's just been wonderful. So, um, yeah, I'm just a uh, uh, brother in Christ, uh, you know, from from New York and uh, moved down here to Atlanta um, about 30, 31 years ago. Yeah, 31 years ago in 1992. Uh, came here to go to college um, and I have not been back in terms of moving away from Atlanta. I basically found my roots here. I actually lived here in Atlanta longer than I, I grew up in New York. And I have a wonderful wife, uh, Rhonda Martin. Um, just to, to y'all, she life. is hot, gorgeous, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I might say so as well. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I've been with her since literally the moment we met. Um, and it was actually August 2nd, 1992. It was about 10 o'clock at night. I remember where we were. Ooh. Um, yeah, actually, I might, it's on I my might give him that test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on my calendar. It's been on my calendar for years, our family calendar. So every year my kids get to see, oh, this is the day mom and daddy met, you know. So, um, but no, she's my best friend. Um, just enjoy my life. Loves the Lord. And is an amazing uh, mother, and I might say, and her friends, she's like a wife for wives. I mean, her friends really admire her walk, and her integrity, and everything. And she's just, she's just a beautiful person. But um, so we have five children. Um, my oldest is Jasmine Brooks. She lives in New Jersey. And um, my four four children here: uh, Taylor, Titus, uh, Timothy, and True Christian. And um, they're all just amazing children. Uh, all of them know Jesus, um, giving their life to Christ at very young ages, and continue to to walk with with Him in their own ways. You know, God is stretching them and growing them and uh, increasing their faith and you know, I'll say uh, one of the joys in my heart is serving in the uh, the high school young men's uh, ministry at our church. I've been doing that probably the last 13 to 15 years. I always not quite sure, but I, it's around that amount of time. And I serve in the ministry with Ibrahim. And one of the joys in my heart is watching these young people grow up Um mm-hmm. You know, some of them, you know, they they come in, you know, straight from the eighth grade into ninth grade and they're a little rambunctious and, you know, like to say knuckleheads sometimes, you know, but it's just amazing to watch, to have that front row seat and watch them all grow up um, as God is always at work in their lives. And you can see him just moving and maturing them and, and strengthening their faith. And so I said that to say. I've had that, obviously, that same front row seat in watching my own children grow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's just just a blessing to me. So, yeah. Praise so, praise God. Yeah, that's that's a little intro of me. I can share more <laughs> if you want, but that we'll start with that. Oh, praise God! I wanna I wanna read few scriptures to get us started and uh, these scriptures really speaks to what we are about to speak and the the impact and the power of uh, of your story mm. I'm going to read from uh, from Job mm. I'm going to start with Job yeah. and uh, this is the conversation in chapter 1 that gets starting of Job's story where God asked Satan when the, all the counsels come in. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord says to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord to the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord says to Satan, have you considered, have you considered my servant, Job? There is no one on earth like him. And I'm going to skip a little bit from there and go to chapter 38. There's so much going on in that story, just as much as going on into the story we are about to hear today. But then in chapter 38, I want to read the first few verses. It says this. Then the Lord answers, answered Job out of the storm, out of the storm. He said, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Mm, that's so good. Then in verse 42, I said, I'm going to read for you. Verse 42, Job get to respond to God. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked who is this that have darkened, obscure my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I didn't know. I did not understand things too, too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. My eyes have seen you. Mm. I love, I love the story of Job and I love the just, I can, I can sit. It's like chocolate to me, <laughs> the story of Job. I can just indulge in it over and over and over. So as we dive into your story, I want to start with who was Brother Troy before the faith that you had, before this storm that hit your life? I don't want to give it away, but I, would let, I, wanna, I want us to 
get into what was your faith, original faith, and the storm. We, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the before, the during, and the after. If we can just flow with that. What was Brother Troy before? Yeah. Hmm. It's a wonderful question. Um, so I guess I have to go back to the beginning to some extent. I'm not going to be laboring walk you through every year of my, my salvation. <laughs> yeah. but I'll try to give you a synopsis, but, but the, the early days of my faith are important to, to establish and provide this perspective. I got saved in uh, January 7th. It was a Wednesday night Bible study in 1998. Um, and I gave my life to Christ that, that night. It was about eight o'clock at night. I'm a statistics person, so you might hear me give numbers and things like that. I'm in IT. I've been in IT for 30 something years and, you know, it, it's just in me. So I, I have an amazing memory for things like that. Um, so if you hear me give numbers and things, I'm not weird or strange. It's just, <laughs> it's just how the Lord made me. Yes. Yes. That's that part, right? No one yeah. like that. Hallelujah. Mm. I made me, but anyway, um, so when I got saved that night and, and shortly after my walk with the Lord, him, um, molding me and sanctifying me was really rooted in obedience. Mm. Um, because I came from an unchurched background. I I did not know anything about God even prior to that. I mean, you could say the week before that, I knew nothing about God. Um, and I really didn't. I joke, but I used to say, the only thing I know about God back then, and even in my youth, was that it spelled dog backwards. Like, like that's all that I knew. <laughs> you know? Um, I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> that is? It really was. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in New York, mm. in my neighborhood where I'm from, mm. God is over there. He, you know, we're we're over here. We we're we're in reality here, mm -hmm. you know. And uh and so there was just absolutely no relationship. Um, but when I got saved in ninety-eight, it was really rooted in obedience. My wife will share, my wife will confirm and tell you, like, when Troy lays hold of something that he finds to be beneficial in his life, like where he's tested it, it works. I will just do it and just not even think about it. It'll be subconscious. I will just do it and do it forever um, until, you know, it just doesn't prove itself uh, anymore to me. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so when I say that I was obedient or rooted in, in my walk was rooted in obedience, it was almost to the point of being robotic. And I say that in a good way because mm -hmm. robots, you know, historically, and as we think about them, they, they only do what you tell them to do. Program. Program to do. Mm hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. they, they don't veer outside of those lines. And so for me, 
coming up originally in the ministry uh, that I got saved under, I just believed the pastor. I, I believed the elders of the church and what they told us to do and, and the things that they preached from scripture and, and encouragement that they gave us. And so whatever they said to do, I, I would do it. Um, you know, obviously good things, things that benefit you, things that help you grow in the Lord. But I didn't always have the understanding of why conceptually things like that. So that the early part of my walk was based on that. And one of the things that the Lord had to show me was in those early days, you know, I'm in church and people are singing, praising God. And, you know, they like to say that swinging from the chandeliers, just having joy and, 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 and just in their relationship with the Lord. And their testimonies were amazing to me. Um, I remember one lady, um, her son had just got sentenced to like 38 years in jail. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fast forward to today, he's already been in 30 years. Um, wonderful lady, sweet lady. I could understand why she sang and praised God the way she did. I met others in the ministry, crack addicts, cocaine, heroin addictions, alcoholism, sickness. My mother-in-law was healed uh, uh, from cancer, and I believe it was leukemia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I, I, I see why they are overjoyed and, and just went beyond in their faith to get close to the Lord. You know, I seen why they loved him so much. So then I started asking, well, what's your testimony, Troy? What, you know, what is it that you're overjoyed about the Lord about? I mean, at that time, I was, I appreciated being saved. I, I, I knew by faith I was going to go to heaven and be with, be with the Lord. If I, if I died, I understood. Uh, the sacrifices that he made him dying on the cross. I understood uh, original sin and, you know, what my sin did to put Jesus on the cross. But I started questioning, what's your testimony? You know, I would say to the Lord, Lord, I, I don't love you the way they do. I mean, I see outwardly their expressions. Mm -hmm. It's so obvious that they have a wonderful relationship and love you dearly. But how come I don't feel that way? Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate you. I honor you. I know that you're the reason why I'm here. <laughs> but I don't really know what my testimony is. And I'll never forget, Joy, the Lord shared with me. And he said, your testimony is not what you've been through, but what I saved you from. Mm. And wow. Mm. Mm. I mean, he showed me different things that happened in my life. Uh, I remember I stood next to someone who got shot in their stomach. They didn't die, but I was standing right next to them and it could have easily been me. 
and and just examples like that, you know, where he showed me, it's what I saved you from. You didn't have to go through those things. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I never experienced tragedy in my life up until that point. Grandparents were still alive. You know, family still alive. I just had, I never really went through anything, again, comparatively speaking, to what others I'm seeing in the church, what they've gone through. Mm, Because most of us believe that testimony is about what you have been through. My God. Mm. And here he's saying, no, it's not just what you have been through that I delivered you from, but it's what I spared you from. That's the testimony. And that's the hard one to identify. Yes. And so I said, but I don't, I don't love you the way they do. Like, that just, you know, again, like a robot. Robots don't love. They don't have emotion. They just do what you tell them to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Or they do what you program them to do. And I felt that way. Mm. You know? And the Lord said to me, again, he's so gracious. He said, I'm going to show you how to love me. Mm. And I'm like, okay, all right. And so that, much of that, those early days, those early foundations um, is what really formed my walk from that point forward. It was based on that obedience. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely was drawing me to him through his word. I was just a purveyor of his word um, early on. The the weekend after I got saved, I stayed up one Friday night and read the book of Romans, the entire book. I finished at like four in the morning and I went to bed I'm literally shaking. I could not believe what I had just read. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what was wrong with me. That's, that was me. Like, that's my issue. Like, these are the reasons why this and this happened. I struggle with this and, you know, why I continue to struggle with this and things I see other people. And like, it was like so many answers. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been a purveyor of God's word and just really getting into it. And, and that's how he speaks to me. And that's mm-hmm. how he was teaching me how to love him. Mm. Loving yeah. God through the word. And and yes. I, I, I love the, the setup. God is so good, y'all. <laughs> the setup of uh, how that first struck my mind is, you know, the only thing you knew that God was there. Right. God was there and uh, spelling his name only backward <laughs> spells dog to robotic to faith grounded in obedience. I say you, you may not know me, but I know you. And, and I love, I love what God does because even when you read the book of Ezekiel, at the end of that chapter, go ahead and read that chapter. He oh. announced himself as Jehovah Shama, the God who's there. Mm. 
And it feel every time I read that end, it's it gives me that sense of before I knew you as a Shama, before I knew no, before I knew you as Emmanuel, the God who is here with me, I knew you as over there. So you come to Christ, your salvation you receive, and you going to this robotic experience, and God says. I'm going to teach you how to love me. And your testimony is not about what you went through, but what I spared you. So now let's get into what did you go through? Because that also is a testimony of possibly what he spared you from. But you went through something that also... But your faith to where it is right now in a different understanding. So what happened? Oh, wow. Wonderful question. So, you know, fast forward to um, November 2021. Um, again, God growing me over those years. Um, so this act, is what, 1998 to 2022, 21. 21. Okay, 20. we have a good journey of faith and test, you know. Yes, yes. Um, grounded in the Lord, uh, you know, continued dealing with sin, backslidden, coming back to the Lord in repentance, you know, just th that type of struggle, but never forgetting who he was, holding on to him you know, apprehending him, um, just understanding who he is, his character, like that was the walk, the journey up until that, to that point, his faithfulness, faithfulness is just a constant, um, in my walk up until, till then. And, um, so, November 8th, uh, the Monday, Monday morning. Um, long story short, I get fired from my job. My manager calls me and it was a, it was a, a, a meeting online and it wasn't just my manager. It was, a, it was a person from HR and they're like, this is your last day. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've been here 13 years. What do you mean it's my last day? I thought I was going to ride this out. Like, I love working for the company. This is what I was going to be doing. Um, I did not see myself going anywhere else. The Lord hadn't told me. And I always said that. I've had plenty of opportunities to leave the company People telling me, hey, you should come work here. And I would always share with people. The Lord hadn't told me to leave yet. This is where he wants me to be. And that was my mindset that morning. Was, what are you talking about? God hadn't told me to leave yet. So um, that day, it was my last day. Uh, unbelievable. I could not believe it. Um, I had stellar work history. Stellar reviews I received, raises, bonuses. Like, you don't do those things 
with somebody who's underperforming or who's having problems. I had never been written up, never been on probation, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from. So I'm laid off. Um, that whole month, I'm literally bouncing off the walls in the house. I don't have a job. I don't have any income. I'm waking up every day with nothing to do. And I'm just like, what is going on? This is so crazy. I've been working for 30 years. Get to, I think it was December 6th. I, um, I send an email. Um, now, mind you, you know, I, I've always read in scripture and understand that suffering was essential to being in being a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't a cakewalk. It wasn't, you know, just this. Oh, it's easy. Don't worry about it. Give your life to Christ. Everything's going to be good. I was never a, a believer of that. I mean, yes, you give your life to Christ, everything will be okay. But in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. It does but not be change. Fear and joy, for I have overcome them. Amen. And we live in this world, and we're going to suffer like anyone else in this world. You know, it's just it, it's part of it. And so I've always firmly believed that that it was essential in the walk in the life of a Christian. So December 6th, I sent an email uh, to my church asking the pastor to, you know, would he mind doing a series or a sermon about what it means to suffer as a Christian? And um, two days goes by and I get an email reply back. Basically saying, yes, I hear you. Um, you know, we'll pass this on to the pastor. It was a very cordial email, but not really conclusive to mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to Whether do- it's going to be done or yeah, not. Just, you know, and, and I was okay with that. Um, I had never emailed the church in the, the 20 plus, you know, 20 something years I've been a member. Never did anything like that before. But the Lord put it on my heart to, to email and ask him about it. Because at that time I was going through, the, you know, a type of suffering, mm-hmm, right? Struggle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any answers, but I always knew that you're in control. So, okay. That's that whole robotic side of me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was always in control, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the word tells me. So I just, just rested in that. Um, fast forward about two weeks. Um, I'm diabetic. And so I had a, I had an infection in my toe and, um, you know, and as being a diabetic, you got to get that taken care of, you know, gets infected. It could lead to other difficult situations. So I go to my doctor, they, they look at my foot and they're like, okay, you know, we're going to prescribe you an antibiotic, you know, and I'm like, all right, no problem. And they're like, yep, it's about a week's worth. Take it from beginning to end. You know, even though it may heal, continue to take it. 
Like, fine, no problem. Do that. And I'd say about three days into it, um, this is like around the 19th or 20th of December, 2021. Um, I take it and then I notice a discoloration in my urine. Um, and it's like, it's like dark red. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, I thought something else, you know, had no idea or thought that it could be, you know, something related to the medicine. Um, so anyway, I called my doctor and I, I said, Hey, um, you know, when I urine, urinate, it's like dark red. Like, what is going on? They're like, all right, come on in. My wife and I pack up, we go. They run some tests on me. Doctor leaves the room. And about 30 minutes later, she comes running back in the room. Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin, get dressed. You got to go to the emergency room right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's going on? Yeah, your um, your liver enzymes are like through the roof. You know, just to give an example, your different liver enzymes they should be around the range of about fifty is the highest. Mm -hmm. Um, mine were in the thousands. Wow. Yeah. Sky high. I mean, just death sentence high. Yes, they. They thought I was dying. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt fine other than the, the red coloring in my urine. Go go to the emergency room. They want to triage and get me stabilized. And, um, you know, and they, they did that, put me on IV, but I still wasn't really whole, if you will. And they sent me home. Um, I called my doctor about a day later. I'm throwing up and my body's going through changes. Call my doctor. I'm like, oh, they sent me home. And, and they're like, what? They sent you home. You, in your state, you need to be under care. They said, listen, you got to go back. By then, this is, I'm fast forwarding. This is like New Year's Eve night. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, no, you have to go back. And, I'm and like, COVID is around. Yes, COVID is around. I go back. They take me in. And I'm in the emergency room before that. Um, literally that night, December 31st, 12 o'clock in the morning, now January 1st. I'm in the ER high-fiving people saying Happy New Year and, and everything. No idea what was about to transpire mm. from that point forward. Um, and, uh, you know, I was hospitalized. Um, I caught COVID in the hospital, ironically. I was hospitalized three different times for a week each time. Um, during that time, I was not getting better. Um, 
to be honest, the doctors didn't even do anything. They just had me under a watch and just taking labs every night to see if my body would start healing. You so know? they had given up. It was like you're a dead body. Like your yeah. your 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 value are supposed to be in like in in so low. You are sky high roof, like unreversible condition. Yeah. We might just well give it up on you. You got COVID going on. You got roof and uh, unbelievable what I call it, uh, vital signs. Nothing yeah. that says of you human. When so I tell you, when I tell you, they did nothing. What I mean by that is they didn't give me, all right, we're going to give you this to try to prevent this or to stop this or to improve this situation. It was literally they were waking me up three, four in the morning, taking labs so that when the doctors come in the morning, they can read the results of what's going on in my blood. That is it. Mm. Mind you, I lose 65 pounds, 70 pounds in 30 days. My body is going through this transformation. I'm itching all over my body. I mean, it was terrible. It was like, imagine ants crawling under your skin. Yeah, like that. But not just under your skin. In your hair, in your head, in your ears, deep in your ears, in your eyes, in your nose. My tongue was itching. The roof of my mouth was itching. Underarms, back of my legs, everywhere, wherever there's blood in my body, what was going on is the blood was carrying this, what's called bilirubin, mm -hmm. in my body. <clears throat> and bilirubin is highly concentrated in, in salt highly concentrated because it's part of the digestive process. And my skin was literally going into my blood, pulling the bilirubin out, which is the salt, or pulling the salt out of the bilirubin. And it was just harvesting in my skin. That's what was causing the stinging and the itching all over my body. So that's my point. Wherever you, you, I had blood, I was itching and stinging everywhere and it was absolutely terrible it was it was evil <laughs> i'm just bet, be honest yeah, bet, it yeah. was evil but yeah go ahead no no i say i bet i bet it was yeah. like the 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 itchiness the 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 like just to look imagining you know standing there when i'm playing with my kid and seeing ants you know or these uh red uh red ants that there gets me shivered and 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 feeling all my hair getting up so now having it 24 7 feeling of that moment every single day itching scratching want to scratch in the ear and it's just and and doctors are looking like, well, you just, you know, dead men walking. We're just waiting for for you to drop, and and here you are. What's your conversation in this moment with God? What what are you, what are you talking? What are you and God are talking about? So it actually it continued with that theme of just 
accepting who God is from his word, right? He's sovereign. Mm -hmm. He's faithful. Mm -hmm. He's there with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's going to go through this with me. In fact, my thinking early on was, why not me? Mm -hmm. right? I, I fully embraced it. Why not me? Like, I, I wasn't, oh, God, why did this happen? I can't believe this. God, you know, I was like, okay, it's happening. Mind you, it was absolutely the most horrific thing I've ever been through in my life. The but testimony I was, you were looking for. Yeah, but I was perfectly fine mm -hmm. with knowing that I'm a believer. God is with me, but I'm also a human being and I'm going to, I live in this world and I'm going to go through my own trials. Mm. That was it. And, you know, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you wanted, oh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So I was going through that and that was my thinking, you know, but it kept, it was the itching. Everything was getting worse. And it wasn't an itch like people would say to me, oh, why don't you put some, they have this special lotion you can put on on top of your skin. You want to take some cream. And, and I used to have to tell people like, no, you have to understand it's not topical. It's mm -hmm. in my blood. Mm -hmm. I had no lesions, no bumps, no scratches on my skin. It was in my blood. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. That's what people were like, oh, wow. There was no nothing there to ease the struggle. And it wasn't a suffering like that it was painful. It was the itching was just unbearable. As you said, 24-7, all day long, I would wake up. My routine, I would wake up, had no job. I couldn't sit down because... When I sat down like I am and relaxed, the itching would intensify. So I had to keep myself moving. I couldn't watch, sit down and lean my back on a chair or on a, anything that had material. I had to wear loose, extra large, larger size clothes that was not touching my skin. Mm -hmm. When I watched TV with, with my wife, I would be standing up. My wife has video and pictures of me standing up, no shirt on, watching TV mm -hmm. like for hours. I mean, because I could not relax. As soon as I wanted to sit down, even reading my Bible, Joy, I, I, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was no comfort all day. And I just all I just walk around the house trying to find comfort, trying to do things to get my mind off of this. Again, imagine ants crawling under your skin all mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Then when I go to bed, I try to go to bed, maybe sleep it off. And I read later that others who've gone through this, what they say is that the itching intensifies when the sun goes down. When it gets dark mm -hmm. and late at night. Mm -hmm. And boy, was that nothing further from the truth. It absolutely did. 
Mm-hmm. My wife. That's, that's why they put the, the, the baby under the, the, the lights. Yes. Most of the time, because I can only imagine if an, a grown person feels this distress, what could a little teeny oh. person feel? That's why they had to put them into that radiant light yes. 24-7 for a long period to give them that comfort. Yeah. And I had jaundice. Mm-hmm. My eyes, it's because of the bilirubin, which is mm-hmm. the same thing that babies would go through when they had jaundice. Mm-hmm. Your, my skin was yellow. My eyes looked like butter. I mean, I scared my father one time when I FaceTimed him. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Like, people mm-hmm. just couldn't believe mm-hmm. the way I looked. I mean, imagine losing 70 pounds in 30 days. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would go to bed 9 o'clock at night, wake up at like 6 in the morning, and I'm like three pounds lighter. And I'm telling y'all, you look like a, one of those movie stars. Imagine that taken away. <laughs> Just imagine. <laughs> when I come out his profile picture, I was like, wow, am I, I felt like I was meeting one of somebody of the Hollywood, oh. uh, coming to, to speak here. Professional picture looking so good. And oh, here you're talking about, you know, scaring your dad. That's how worse could I have been? Come on, somebody. Now, mind you, I'm going through all this joy and I still don't know why is this? Why did this happen? I still haven't reconciled with why I got fired. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. I have no income. My COBRA uh, benefits package, when you get laid off, they give you COBRA to cover you. My company had only paid for two months. So here we are in February. My benefit's about to run out, and I'm still well into this. No income. Now I'm looking at pride as a man. I got to take care of my wife. You know, I, I felt useless every day. This is 30, 60, 90 days, same routine, walking around. I, I can't do anything. And I'm now I'm starting to get to the place of God, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. See, before it was, oh, why not me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my walk. This is my testimony. God be glorified. Have your way. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you gotta do. I know you're with me. Mm-hmm. The suffering was so unbearable, Joy. Compounded with your manhood being challenged, you know, can't even take care of your, your wife, much less yourself, or much more yourself. And it's just, so then I'm like, okay, Lord, why, why is this happening? Like, what's, okay, what do you want to show me? What are you trying to show me? And then, I mean, my dear wife, like the only thing that gave me relief for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whenever, is she would rub my back. Not scratch, but just rub it. 
and, and, and rub my scalp, you know, and back of my head. And she would rub my ears, you know, and do, do this around my neck and rub my face. And it would soothe my whole body. I would just, she would rub my arms and everything. And I would literally fall asleep. It, it was like the only comfort I got. Mm. But imagine her doing this mm-hmm. six, seven, eight times a day. Mm. She's a realtor. So she's, she's doing what she's doing. But here I come. Grant, I need you to come. I, I need you to rub me because it's, it's coming back. Mm-hmm. So I'm interrupting her. Mm-hmm. One week, mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. weeks, two months, every day. Mm-hmm. Go to bed. I would literally wake up screaming because it literally felt like bugs just crawled in my ear. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it. And I would rub really hard. Oh my goodness, I would scream. And I would I ran, you gotta rub me. She would get up. She's dead tired. She wakes up. She's rubbing me, going through this routine. This went on for like four months. Mm, mm. Every single night, it was this. And I'm just like, so now I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. I understand. But I I need you to heal me, Lord. This is unbearable. I can't. I can't go through this anymore. Like I'm screaming and I'm praying, yelling, praying like I've never prayed before. Lord, you gotta heal me. Please deliver me. Take this from me. This thing is evil, Lord. It's this torment. I know you're here, but can you just take this from me? Mm-hmm. Please heal me. I cannot relax. I can't rest. I can't think. I can't even think about getting a job and making money, like taking care of my, I I can't get past now. Like I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. Lord, you got to heal me. You got to heal me. And literally I'm, I'm being subdued about it. It was much more vocal, loud, and just the top of my lungs, three, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And my wife is there praying, mm-hmm. rubbing my back, just interceding. And, and then the Lord, the Lord says to me, Troy, you sent that email and you asked for a sermon or a message. But you're going to be the message. Well, thank you so very much for your time, for your patience to listening to. Wasn't that good? Listen, Brother Troy's story is amazing. Amazing. I, I am so grateful that he said yes to listen uh, to God, to come here and share this testimony. This is just uh, part one. 
hang tight because when you come in 2024 in the new year in the next episode you're gonna hear the rest of the story let me tell you take a time to go ahead share it write us i want to hear what stood out for you what spoke to you go over on our social media platform voice imprint that imprint and share with us your story remember wherever you go find the church and leave the imprint of god's love just as much the story left an imprint in you we want to hear who else has left an imprint in you with that being said thank you until next time have a blessed day and a happy new year Bye-bye for now.